done. God is good. Good, good, good. Really what we need, isn't he? When we can just spend time in his presence. Everything else begins to just not be so important. He lifts our burdens. It's a place of surrender. How good it is. The verse that um, I think it's in Galatians. This is before my message. We will not grow weary in doing good. For we shall reap in due time. Do not grow weary in doing good. And that's a word that just came just comes to me. Sometimes you feel like you're 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 keep doing the same things. You don't see the results. Stuff is hitting you. We can get bummed out a lot of, over a lot of things. Bummed out, just stressed out. Life can be stressful. But we have to fight against that. We have to take it to the Lord. And so my, my message is titled, A Cheerful Giver. I believe the happiest people are giving people, and maybe said that lately again, but happiest people. Why is that? Because Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus demonstrated that in his life while he was here on earth. He is, the word of God is full of uh, passages where it talks about giving. Basically, you've maybe heard there's two kinds of people in the world, a giver and a taker. Are we in this world only to get or are we in this world to give something? Why do we come to church? We should be because we want to give something. We want to give ourselves to the Lord. We want to give ourselves in fellowship to one another. We want to encourage each other on and walk with the Lord. We want to, we want to join hearts together because two shall put together, uh, two shall put to flight more than one, right? Two can get the job done easier. We're all meant to be a part of the family of God. Now, there's a picture that I, I'm going to read the text here in a bit, but it's kind of like there's a verse that we're going to read about. We get, we get what we sow. So I got this image. I got this thought and probably had something to do with men's breakfast, men's coffee. And the discussion oftentimes where there's different opinions of what's good coffee and what's not so good coffee. And how many knows that, know that uh, you get what you put into it? You begin to get something good. Now, Folgers has been around a long time, and it's okay, I guess. But uh, Taster Choice, haven't seen that one. Man, that's, that takes it back way, way, way back. Taster Choice. Okay. I don't remember Sanka. That's not even up there. But my parents used to have Sanka. 
Boy, these things have, uh, boy, we've come a long way since the day of Sanka. But then we, uh, we got, we got Mo- Minnesota Morning Stonehouse. Oh, boy. That's like Chet's wave if that's like your favorite. Yeah, that's Chet's favorite. We have Caribou, we have Starbucks. But the list goes on and on and on. And so some of us are satisfied just with Folgers. Now there's like, you get used to something else. There's no way you're going back to Folgers. Right? You get what you put into the coffee. So let me just carry that principle. The principle is a picture. What about our life? We, can we give and put something into it? What can we expect we get more out of? If we go to church with an attitude of what am I, what am I going to get today? Is that the best attitude? No, this is really the best one. But what am I going to? Who can I touch today? Who can I encourage today? Who can I strengthen? And who can I find that needs encouragement? I'll guarantee you, you will be blessed when you look at coming together in that sort of an attitude. The principle, number one, the principle of sowing. Read the verses. We're going to read the text a little bit now. 2 Corinthians 9, the principle of sowing is, starts in verse 6 of the ninth chapter of 2 Corinthians. Paul wrote these words, Now this I say, he who sows sparingly what will also reap sparingly. You get what you put into it. On the other hand, he who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Interesting. God still operates in the principle of sowing. God initiates the seed. God created the seed. Right? The farmer or the gardener or the person places the seed in the ground with faith, but God causes what? The growth. Amen? So when you and I are facing ups and downs in this life, our principle of seeking the Lord Because he is God, period. Not even coming to him, not even coming to him because you need something, but you're coming to him because he's worthy and deserves all the praise and the glory and the adoration. There are angels in heaven that are worshiping the Lord. That is what they do. And the people of God are called to gather in his name. It's good, it's all good to come together. Let me narrow it down. When you're all alone, and no one can hear you, take an opportunity 
to praise the Lord out loud. Have you ever done that? I think you have. What happens when you do that? You begin to plant truth. You begin to open the ground of your heart to receive blessing. To the soil of our heart oftentimes needs to be churned. Paul said it to Timothy like this. He said, stir up the gift of God in you. Stir up. They burn wood. You know what I'm talking about. You stir those coals. Bring some air. Kindle the fire. Burns. Pay attention to the fire of the Lord on your heart. Don't let the fire go out. Because that is where you keep strong. So you sow time with God. You sow effort. You sow Seeds of adoration. You sow praise to God. What happens when you praise God, begin to praise God? The blessings of the Lord, you begin to feel, He begins to fill you up from this way. I, 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 I believe that the Holy Spirit wells up. Wells up. I used to think He, you know, he comes down and obviously it makes sense. He's in heaven, so He comes down. But Jesus said, From your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. From your innermost being, He starts right in here. Something begins to churn. You begin to bless God. You begin to pray like you wouldn't pray otherwise. You begin to see things as you wouldn't see otherwise. You begin to declare the things of God. You begin to have the victory because the God that we serve is a God of bountiful blessing. He goes over the top. He often gives more than we have need of. Demonstrated in the little boy's lunch when they had a small little couple fish and a little few loaves. The only smart one that brought a lunch that day and the thousands of others that were just said, eh, 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 feed me. Jesus said, I want them, I don't want to send them away. They're going to faint on the, they, they won't make it home, they'll faint. Okay, disciples, go get, go get, uh, we're going to feed them. You guys are going to feed them. You go, what? What did Jesus need? He just needed a few fish, a few loaves. He didn't need a lot. All Jesus needs is a seed. A seed of faith smallest mustard seed. A seed so small that you could hardly see, but when it grows up, is a tree becomes a tree, and birds nest in it. That's the kingdom. The kingdom is bigger than us. The kingdom is bigger than how you feel today and what your perspective is. I just see this in front of me. I don't know what this is. You know, we just only can see a part. Paul said, I only see in a mirror dimly. But that's enough to keep you from falling, keep you from getting caught up and going downward, spiraling downward. Let each one do. We're going to talk a little bit about what is it that we can do. What can we do? Well, what can we do? Well, what can we do? We only have a little bit here, a little few loaves, a little fish. 
How can we feed this multitude? I remember I was a young little boy. I went to my friend's house with my parents. And um, John Smith, married to Mabel, which is an extension of our relation. It was cold. I remember John splitting kindling in the home and the house in Aiken and built a fire, got things blazing. It was after church on a Sunday evening in my home church. We were invited to their house for a time to get together. I was hungry. My loaf of bread on the table looked so good. They pulled it right out of the freezer. She sliced it, you know, with kind of half froze. Hit the spot, butter and jelly. It was a treat. We were blessed. You know, it doesn't take much. Do we really need a lot? We just need enough. But so often God gives to us more than we ever could deserve. But sometimes he'll, many times he trusts us. He trusts us with more than you, you need so that you will be a channel, a giver, a sower. One who sees the bigger picture. One who sees not just, this is not, I'm not just saving this for myself, but I'm saving this for someone that might come along to need this. My mother was notorious for canning more than she could ever eat. Her family could eat, so she'd give it away. Even after the kids were growing and out of the house, she still canned. It was what she did. She, she was thinking about being prepared. Reaping, sowing. It's such a wonderful principle. You get what you put into. Right? Get what you put into. You get excited because you realize that it's bigger than you. You realize that it's, I, I am just one person, but what makes the difference? God is supernatural and God takes a little boy's lunch and multiplies, multiplies. Could you imagine with me just for a moment what, what, how many people have you touched? How many people, because you've been faithful, you spoke and they've looked, looked at your life and thus they were challenged in their faith and thus that went on many years past your life and keeps growing and keeps multiplying. God is a multiplier. He is about expanding his kingdom. This kingdom, he says in his word, shall be preached. This gospel shall be preached. What's he talking about? He's talking about the end, when the end is finally to the end, its end is coming to an end. This world is coming to an end, by the way. This present stuff that we see is going to change. Someday the Lord's going to come, and it's all going to—it's going to be rearranged. Amen. We should get excited, though we have a part that we're here on this life season. How am I going to live, well, man? As the Bible says, "Put your hand 
whatsoever your hand findeth to do. I mean, like the work of your hands. Come on, yes. Because your hands are tools. Your hands are tools to bless other people. Your hands, your work, your talents, all that you have, the, the efforts that you put into it of working, it will pay off. It, the, the time that you took with your family, the time that you take with pouring into your kids will pay off. You sow into them. You sow kindness. You sow into them by example, number one. This principle. Galatians 6, verse 7 and 9, we can read verses that talk about what, what happens if we sow to the flesh. Verse 7, Galatians 6 says this, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever man sows, this will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption. Oh, this is, this is huge. Right? God help us. You, the other half of the verse, says this, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. What's more important? The life we have now or the life that's coming? What's more important? The life that's coming. What's more real, actually? Eternal life, right? Oh, yeah. It seems real, but really, what happens when, the man, when we die with the Lord? We have a new life. A new life. A heavenly, a body that someday is going to be a heavenly body. When Jesus came back from his resurrection, he didn't have to open the door. You know, when the disciples were hanging out, afraid, he just shows up. I love it when Jesus just shows up. Hallelujah. Jesus, you need to show up. You can show up. Show up whenever you want to. If there is a day we need in our world right now is Jesus to show up. He needs to show up in the church. He needs to show up when you're putting your hand to the plow and you're in the workplace, ministering under the inspiration. Can we minister in the, under the inspiration? Can we pray the Holy Spirit will anoint us in the days that we live in? How about it? Can we pray that God will give us wisdom beyond and we will be like a Daniel who understands the times that we're living in? We, we need not to be deceived. We are the people of God. We have the truth. We don't have to sit back and say, there's no use. I might as well just sit on my housetop and just wait for it all to happen. That's not what God meant. He's not calling us to do that. We have a work to do. Be faithful to the end. Right? And if it costs us, a little persecution? So be it. Take it off. Now, 
this whole giving thing gets real practical. Take the men's breakfast thing. I think the people of God that will make the waitresses and waiters excited when they come to the restaurant. Why? Because those are the biggest tippers. Why do you say that? It's a principle. How about if the church gets the reputation? How about if the people of God, how about if that men's group gets the reputation? They're big dippers. And there's a, they're fighting over who's going to get to serve. And it's just a thought. What, 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 are you, what are you talking about that for? I believe the Bible is practical. Bring it to your home. Bring it to your workplace. Bring it to your marketplace. Bring it down to where the rubber meets the road. God loves a cheerful giver. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly. Oh, I gotta give a tip. Oh, are you kidding me? The food, the expect what? How about putting yourself in their shoes? They're making wages, but the dibs is really what helps them along. What is our purpose in that? To bless them? Yeah, just to bless them. Not even to get them to say, well, you can come to our church because, you know, I don't think that's the right motivation. I think it's simple and plain. Give because it's the right thing to do. Period. And then... Let God work it out. He causes the growth. He brings. He brings about good things. So my first point with the sowing and reaping thing, tipping a waitress is just one little example. How about when the missionary comes and speaks, and wow, it's like, we got to give to the missionary gift? Yeah. We just had a missionary. Yeah. I know we can only give so much. I know, I know, I know. But here's the deal. It's a matter of the heart. Don't get caught up in how much you can give, so much as why you want to give. I want to give something. I don't know how I'm going to make it if I give that much. But if, Lord, if you're challenging me to give a little more than I think I should give, help me. Help me to believe. Test me in these things. We talked about the tithe and that Old principle in Malachi, test me in these things. Yes, test. Test God. Try it. Believe God. He wants to pour out a blessing. As soon as you trust God, God says, yes. I'll bless them. Bless them. Mm, Because people that give with a cheerful heart, have come to understand the real reason to give. 
that it becomes natural. Response out of the joy. Blessing. Someone else. So the second point is the attitude that I have when I sow. The attitude when I have that I need to have when I'm giving toward a work. And it don't, I'm not saying it's all financial. It's not only just money. It can be more, more than money. In fact, time is probably even more valuable. Time. To give someone your time. To give a, 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 in a work served or a, in an area where there's a need, it's time. Time is so valuable. But there was an Old Testament illustration that I, I had to bring this to your, to your remembrance. Remember when Moses was doing his best to lead the people of God? He had his ups and downs, ins and outs. One day the people were all great, happy. They were fed, they had water to drink, and boom. Then it turns for another direction. <sighs> His patience was tested over and over and over again. And finally they were getting close to the promised land, and you know, someone sowed a seed of doubt. In fact, eight of them. Right? There were ten spies who were sent into the promised land, but eight of them guys came back. We can't do it. Right? They're giants. Whoa. What was grasshopper? Right. Quick. Right. They sowed that seed into the hearts of the other people. And the whole works. <gasps> right? They were dead in the water. They were defeated before they ever went one more step. Thus, the people wandered. And God says, I'll take one of you. Every one of you that You're, gonna, you're, you're not going to get in. You're, you're going to wander. Your children will get in. And so thus they went around, and they went around, and they went around. God remains faithful. Good news, Joshua and Caleb were blessed. They stayed with them. But because of Joshua and Caleb's and courage and their faith. God blessed their efforts and they were able to keep their strength and they were a part of the group. The rest of them died off. But they kept on living. And it goes on. The Old Testament Exodus 25 2 says this. It was talking about by this time they were gathering materials for the temple, for the, the the, the, the tabernacle that they would actually carry. It was a tent and it was the boards and it was a lot of detail. And the people were asked, God asked, says to Moses, ask the people to give. Tell the sons of Israel to raise a contribution for me from every man 
Notice whose heart moves you. What is the main thing in giving? It's a matter of your heart. So if I give grudgingly, if I, I gotta give, I gotta tip, I gotta. Uh-uh. No reward in that. Uh-uh. It's big. It is. Look at it. It's the matter of the heart is the most important thing. Come on. Oh, I get to give. What can I give? What can I give? I got something in my house I can give. I'll give. I'll give a button. A thread. The widow's mite gave it all. The little little bit she had, she gave it. It outweighed because her heart was big. God is not, he doesn't need your stuff. He don't want your stuff. Throw it away. He, he, He wants your heart. He wants you to want him. He wants you to be the place where you, I don't, I don't have to have this, but you blessed me. I don't deserve it, but I'm going to do the best now with what I have. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to further your kingdom. I'm going to look for other people who I can bless. It's such a good problem. Later in 36 chapter, verse 5, we read this. And they said to Moses, the people are bringing much more than enough for the construction worship. That's a good problem. They had more than they needed. Why? Because God blesses People that give. God blesses bountifully. Verse 6, we read it in the text. We reap bountifully. So it leads me to the third point. We, we get hope now. He's on the third point. He's on the third point. You can laugh once in a while. God is source. God is your source. Thank you. God is your son. It's not cheap to go to college. God is your source. God is your source. What's God calling you to do? I believe he calls us and gives us wisdom. But if we only think with the ability that we have, we're we're short-circuiting God. We basically think, well, we, we're just a little church. We can't do much. How about it? I love how this saying's developed. We're the little church that does big things. Amen. We're the little church. We're the little people. Do you know, do you remember God chose little people? He chose the Jews, the nation of Israel, because they were small. He chose to go to dinner with Zachary. Zacharias, Zacharias, help me, Anna. Zacchaeus, that's still not right. Zacharias, Zacchaeus. You know who I'm talking about. That's a wee little man. That's a wee little man. And you read these stories to your kids, didn't you? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, right? He wanted to see Jesus. He couldn't see you. All the people were... They were over him. He's climbing up into this tree, and he's waiting for Jesus, and Jesus pulls him out of the crowd, 
Oh, you're coming down. You're coming to my, I'm coming to your house. Jesus showed up. Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up because there was faith in a small man's heart. There was a large heart. He was a small man in stature, but he had the heart of gold. He had a heart to want to meet with God. He had a heart to give to missions. He had a heart to go where God said to go. He had a heart to speak. He had a heart to, to just go forward because he believed God supplies. Do you know that Paul didn't necessarily rely on churches to support his ministry, but he did ask the church at times to give, but other times he said, I'm not going to ask anything. He led by What did he say in one place? He said, by working I showed to you that this is the example that we ought to be. We need to work so that we can have something to give to people that can't work. That was the system. He says to Timothy, don't put any on the widows on the list unless they have qualifications. They had to be certain, certain things that they... It was true and genuine that they were true widows indeed. And then, yes, put them on the list. You want to take care of them. You know that when we started helping people uh, a few years ago in the benevolence ministry, we had uh, some of the things that were single moms and we had some outreach... You know that our income of the church went up. You need to know that. It's a principle. That when we give the give to a ministry or give to a family, I'm still praying about a family or a need that this church can give towards this, this season right now. Pray with me. Is there a person that you know they need some courage that they could use a little extra? something, even if it's a gas card, even if it's the, a card to go to get groceries. A blessing. That's what you get excited. Giving God the source, supplies all their needs. Ephesians 3.20 says, He is able to do exceeding abundantly. Not, not, not our ability, but His ability. Philippians 4.19 and Paul is encouraging the church. You guys gave to me he was excited that you, he gave, not because he received a gift, but because they would receive the reward in heaven. Isn't that interesting? Paul was in no way to ever be accused that he took from churches for his own benefit. He was in it because his heart was in it. There's a difference between hireling and people that are Money isn't the issue. My God shall supply all my needs. I believe that. I believe He can help us get the best deal. I believe that we can go further unless when we give our tithe. I believe we can go further. I believe God will bless us. I believe that if I take my eyes off myself, I'll be a happier person. Truly, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So in this Thanksgiving season, as every day we know that we are so blessed, we're so blessed, we're so blessed, we're so blessed. 
that there are things that we've went through, some of us have went through this last year that has not been easy. But we need God all the more. We need God all the more. We realize that. And so we come to Jesus today saying, Lord, help me with my attitude. Help me when it comes time to give. Help me remember that you are in control. Help me because the day will show that what we did in faith, you gave the increase. What we did, what we did is unto you, there's a reward for that. It could be just a simple thing, little things that we we can do in our in our in our lifestyle, just an attitude. Who's source?